Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. I am back with Braun, as always, and we are here to discuss another Packers victory, this time over the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs last Saturday. Uh, the Packers won 32-18, to as I'm sure you're all aware of, and they have a game this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game, two years in a row. Uh, Matt LaFleur, two seasons as Packers head coach, two seasons 13-3, two seasons in the NFC Championship game. It feels really good, Braun. How are we feeling? Look, I'm feeling great, honestly. I think I'm really, really excited about the way this team is playing and the position we're in. One of four teams left, uh, one of four teams with a chance to win the Super Bowl, and it's special. We're in a real special spot right now, and, and I'm excited to talk about you know the game that we just had and, and also looking forward to this Buccaneers game, Griff. It is such an exciting time to be a fan of the Green Bay Packers. Oh, just one of the four teams left. That's exciting in of in it of itself. But uh, like the fact that we are probably the best team in the league by maybe a far margin at this point, that is so exciting. When have we ever been favored in an NFC Championship game with Rodgers? I don't think we have. I don't know about Chicago in 2010, but I know 14 against Seattle, 16 against um, uh, Atlanta, and then. Uh, yeah, and then last year against San Fran, we were heavy under or heavy underdogs in all those games. And this week we're favored favored by three, three and a half. It's it's. I mean, Vegas knows it. We are the best team in football, and we should definitely beat this team, even though they beat the beat the crap out of us earlier this season. Yeah, certainly. I think we are the much better team at this point, um, and we've just been playing better. We are clearly the best offense in the league, and our defense has come around to the point where. Uh, we're playing like one of the better defenses in football, you know, not allowing more than 20 points most weeks these days. Um, so, you know, it's, it's special. We're really, this is a real amazing time. Like you said, to be a fan and, and to just be enjoying this experience. Um, and we've got a great chance here now. This is as close as I feel like this is the best chance we've had to win a Super Bowl since 2010 when we made it all that way. And um, we're going to talk about it, Griff. I'm excited, really. Yeah, I mean, even though last year we were in the same spot, this year just feels so much different. I mean, last year it felt like we we definitely overachieved, overachieved as a team, whether it be by record or by uh, playoff success being in the NFC Championship game at all. Uh, that was, you know, it was exciting, but you didn't really feel like you had a chance, even though, uh, even though Tampa beat us this year, just like um, San Fran did last year before that game. It feels like it feels like that game means hardly nothing. The Tampa Bay game, whereas last year it was like, oh yeah, I don't I don't know if they can go into San Fran and uh, produce a different result. Oh, that game! Look, that game was such an anomaly, and Aaron Rodgers talks about this a lot. You know, when discussing these two teams, it was just such a complete different game than it will be this weekend, and we'll see that. Um, number one, you know, we'll talk about it now we're not going to see those same picks uh, that Aaron Rodgers threw. And that was what changed the game completely and turned it on its head. We're not going to see Aaron Rodgers throw back-to-back pick sixes practically. We're not. It's just not going to happen. So if we get up 10 nothing against this team uh, again on Sunday, ex- expect a different ending to the game because it won't be two Aaron Rodgers throws that are turning into picks. It's not going to happen. Um we're not going to you know, let Tom Brady shred us. We're not going to allow the pressure that we let up um, in that first game. Uh, Devontae Adams is healthy, and he'll be you – know, that was his first game back. Uh, the offensive line lost David Bakhtiari early in that game and was in shambles. 
uh, towards you know the middle and the end of it after that ten nothing lead. Um, and we're not going to have Darius Shepard out there running routes for us. And all of that combined leads me to believe that we're going to win this game. <laughs> the Shepard thing. Addition by subtraction there, maybe. But yeah, I mean, like you said, this game is so much different than uh, both teams are really just so much different than they were back in week six, uh, especially the Packers. Like you said, there were so many noisy things in that game that you just can't expect to happen again. Uh, mainly the Rodgers interceptions when is he he's that was like the third pick six of his, of his entire career first of all and then he throws uh, another interception on the very next pass so it's like is that going to happen again I would guarantee it won't I the guy doesn't throw interceptions as it is throwing two of them in a game is absurd for him and you know that's it's that gave Tampa Bay two easy touchdowns that pretty much gifted them 14 points and you know you can't deny that that is that is a a model of success for them. They did it against the saints as well, where, you know, the offense isn't playing that well. They're running the ball a lot. Can't really move the ball. Can't really move the chains, but these defensive turnovers really put them in position to succeed on offense where they have short, short fields to work with and they can score touchdowns. And that's exactly what happened against us. That's exactly how they beat the saints last week. So if we can just avoid the turnovers, that has to be the number one thing, avoiding the turnovers, right? Yeah, it certainly does. And, and Griff, let's talk a little bit about uh, this Rams game that went down here. Um, what did you know? Tell me what you think stood out the most uh, from what we were able to do on offense against that supposed number one defense in the NFL in the in the LA Rams. Yeah, that was kind of weird what we just did. We kind of we, we went right into the box game before uh, discussing what happened last week. But yeah, that number one defense, it did not look like much of a threat to the number one offense. Uh, the Packers scored 32 points, scored on their first five drives. They had two drives in the third quarter where they punted. Other than those drives, it was literally excellent, flawless offensive performance from the Packers. And it... It, I know it didn't catch you off guard, Ron. I, I know you had you predicted a performance like that, and I was a little wary. I mean, maybe for good reasons, but I, I will say that you were right about that game coming out of it. Uh, we did not – I mean, Donald only played like 50% of snaps, but when he was on the field, he was pretty much a non-factor. He had one tackle, that's it, and a 15-yard penalty. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he, got, he, get, he didn't get worked, I wouldn't say, but – he wasn't a lockdown corner like Rams fans uh, pretended he would be. He didn't take Tay out of the game, that's for sure. So it's really just smart football from Matt LaFleur, scheming it up, running the ball well, throwing the ball well, being patient. Rodgers was so patient. He didn't try and take the top off the defense when he didn't have to, uh, and he finally did on the Lazard touchdown. That was beautiful. Um, but it was just it's everything that the Packers needed to do on offense in order to win that game. You're absolutely right. First of all, um, it was just, you know, it was really everything I expected, like you mentioned. Um, when we do our thing and execute to, you know, the highest of our abilities, um, it doesn't really matter who we're playing. And even though that defense has all the superstar players um, on it, really, it just doesn't matter because we've got one of the best play callers in football. We've got the best quarterback in football. We've got the best receiver in football. We've got one of the best offensive lines in football, even without David Bakhtiari. We've got, you know, Alan Lazard, great number two guy for us, and, and MVS who made a couple nice plays as well. Um, and, of course, you can't mention this offense without mentioning Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams. Um, those three ran the ball pretty well, really well. And uh, that was a, a huge part of why we had a lot of success, especially in that play action. And you saw that dagger touchdown to Alan Lazard was off the play action. Uh, Matt LaFleur loved the setup. It was a perfect, uh, exactly what he wanted to see from the defense. 
Um, Rodgers signaled to Allen, and uh, that was what sealed the game for us. So, you know, the offense was firing on all cylinders for the most part. Um, you, you saw the, you, the little kinks that they had to kind of iron out early um, with that uh, in that red zone drive where they had to settle for three. But other than that, it was pretty smooth on offense for me, Griff. Yeah, minus a few drops, it was great performance in the passing game. Rodgers missed one to MVS, but that was about it. He was on point um, pretty much the entire game. And then, yeah, like you said, the play action, it really opened things up. The run game really opened up the play action. And you could tell that the Rams were biting hard on the run game. They were trying their best to stop it because they were giving up like five a pop to Aaron Jones. Uh, A.J. Dillon had a nice run in there. So did Jamal Williams. It was really the the, the trio at running back that we've been itching to see all season. We finally saw LaFleur break it out on Saturday against the Rams. And that was it. That, that's uh, that's the January backfield right there, I guess. Uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, at, and A.J. Dillon. Pick your poison there. We always got fresh legs on the bench. Uh, we it re- I feel like this, this offensive pro- performance really went through the ground game, though. Because they mm-hmm. they just could yeah. not stop the they could not stop the run. Nope, they couldn't. And uh, you know, really, it was it was most clear on that opening play of the second half when Aaron Jones rushed for sixty. Um, that was awesome. That was just an awesome play by him. Um, and if you, if you saw you know if you watched that film back, that was really the first play that uh, Aaron Donald kind of checked himself out of the game. He just he didn't he didn't get on the field for that play. Um, and we took advantage, you know, not having a just a real excellent player that's that's the defensive player of the year right there healthy or not he's going to have a factor um and the Packers were able to just shut him down in the first half he obviously wasn't feeling great and then we were able to take advantage of him not being in the lineup um and really gash that Rams run defense so you know Dylan we we did see that one fumble um and then he left with an injury but before that he was running pretty strong and Jamal I thought was really really just he, he was tough when he ran the ball um he got all these tough yards. He really churned out some of those yards that uh, on those like third and threes that, you know, you just, if you're going to run it, you got to make sure you get that. And he was able to get it. You know, I was impressed with the running game. Definitely. Yeah. Jamal, he's always getting those, those tough yards. He's the perfect third down back, third and short back. Just give him the ball. He'll run straight up the middle, put his head down and get as many yards as he can. And uh, that's really what he's perfect for. But back to Aaron Donald, yeah, I mean, you could tell the ribs were probably a factor, but Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, and uh, Lucas Patrick, they they did not give up anything to that man. And like you said, even with an injury, he's still probably one of the best defensive players that the game has ever seen. He's defensive player of the year almost every single season. He's at that level. So even with the rib injury, it's pretty impressive what the interior offensive line was able to do to take him out of the game. And the Rams have good depth on the, on the defensive line as well. So it's not just Donald. And they were able to keep Aaron clean. They His jersey was untouched. And they just did a phenomenal job on guys like Leonard Floyd and Michael Brockers, taking them out of the game along with Aaron Donald. And the pass rush wasn't a factor. The run defense wasn't, the back, uh, wasn't a factor up front. And Brandon Staley, knowing he likes to play those two high safety with the light box and light personnel the Packers did a great job taking advantage of that I mean they entice every team they play to run the football just because it's the it's the Mike Patton philosophy of you'd rather give up yards on the ground than yards through the air and the Packers took full advantage and you saw them doing a lot of the motion stuff that I love when the floor gets his hands in that stuff every week because it's so beautiful. They start with six in the box and we have two running backs and they motion someone out. So now it's five blockers on five uh, defenders and 
our, our guys just win their reps. And when we're doing that, we're going to churn out five, six yards of carry and it's going to take a toll on them. And then it opens up the play action game. And this offense is just working like a well-oiled machine right now, week in and week out. doesn't matter the defense. Yeah, you're right about that. And I think you have to highlight what Bill Turner and, and Rick Wagner have done uh, since David Bakhtiari went down with that ACL injury in practice. Those two guys have really stepped up their game even better than what they were doing, you know, prior to, to D-Box's injury. Um, I thought Bill Turner has, he's just been playing extremely well at that left tackle spot. And Wagner is, is really holding it down, especially in the passing game at the, on that right side. So, you know, that's the key, obviously. If, if our season could come to an end in a second, you know, if one of those guys lets a, lets a blitzer come in and, and hit Rodgers, you know. Um, to be able to keep him, you know, not just from not getting sacked, but, but to just to keep him clean in general for the whole game, barely getting touched, um, is, is just remarkable really. And it's so crucial to what we're trying to do. Um, it's exciting really to have those guys playing at such a high level and also have hopefully Jared Valdir, uh, get off that COVID list this week and have him as depth for if one of those guys do go down, um, to have another veteran guy like that. Um, you have to give credit to Brian Gudikins for what he's done there to, to really give us the best chance um, to really win this Super Bowl and, and keep Aaron Rodgers healthy. Yeah, Rick Wagner has been he's been really, really solid this season, along with Billy Turner. They're two guys who, you know, they're not they're not elite tackles. They're not going to make the all pro list or make a pro bowl. But Wagner's only given up one sack all year. He's been he's been solid for the Packers on that right side. He's done a pretty solid job at filling in what uh what we lost in Brian Belaga this this past this past spring and free agency. And you know it's it, a lot of that has to do with Rodgers getting the ball out so quickly. Rodgers definitely protects the offensive line in a lot of situations where uh you know a, a guy wins his rep. Uh, a pass rusher does and the ball's out so it doesn't even matter and that comes back to LaFleur and the offensive schematics and everything else but when they're when the tackles are called upon on a five-step drop you know we got to go deep on this or whatever they've they've held up really really solid yeah and I think you know let's talk about a little bit like you mentioned when they start doing that uh the five-step drops drop stuff I'm I'm just impressed with what Aaron has done um to really make checks at the line of scrimmage and differentiate what, and let's differentiate what Matt Lafleur is as the play caller, and what Aaron Rodgers is as the shot caller. Uh, because really, Matt Lafleur has given Aaron Rodgers these plays, and then he gives Aaron Rodgers the freedom to see what what he likes on defense and and see what he has, and then he's able to really just do whatever he wants from there uh, and get the right play call within the play call from Matt Lafleur, and that's just super impressive to me. And you got to give both of those guys credit. Um, and that starts with what we're able to do running the football. Like you mentioned, Griff, we ran it at a really high level um, on Saturday. And you have to give credit to Aaron Rodgers for being able to know when to run the ball, know when to you know take that pass option off the run run pass option. Um, so that that was one of the things that I that we saw highlighted against LA, and that uh, that I think is going to be a big factor when we play Tampa Bay. Yeah, it it all comes back to the fact that when you look at the Shanahan tree, the McVay tree, whatever you want to call it, the the floor, where he comes from, these types of coaches that run this type of offense, it's Rodgers is by far the best quarterback that this, this brand of schematic offense has ever seen. I mean, a close second is Matt Ryan in 2016, his MVP year, but it's just, it changes the game because it, 
these offenses are so RPO heavy and so option heavy. And, you know, on a lot of plays, Rodgers has two options no matter what, whether it be uh, you, you can kill the play if Devontae has a good look and you can throw to Devontae or you can run it or you can run an RPO, which gives you three options where you can kill that and throw it to Devontae if he, if he has a good look or run it on the RPO or pass it on the RPO to whoever it may be. And Rodgers is, if, you know, Devontae has a good look, he's getting that ball to Devontae and he's going to make a play because he's Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the NFL. But he's also we don't have data on this stuff. We don't have data on how often he's uh, pulling it or handing it off on an RPO, but I feel like maybe he's doing it more often this year against a light box. Where, whereas last year he may feel like maybe I'm going to throw it. Maybe I'm going to make something happen on this. But uh, this year he's been, like you said, he's been so surgical. He's really just, his football IQ is through the roof. We all know that. And he really is just the sheriff on the field. And he brings this offense to new levels. We know how great Aaron Rodgers is, and we could sit here and talk about it all day. Um, but just the number one thing that he does is just work this system so well where it combines his talent level and his football IQ uh, with the play calling of Matt LaFleur. And it's just a perfect marriage between these two. That's gotten us to this point. Um, and frankly, I don't see anybody stopping it just because of, like you mentioned, Griff, nobody is, has had a quarterback that, you know, this is a great system. And it's why so many head coaches have been hired for this system specifically on offense um, because it's just so successful and it, and it just focuses on taking what the defense gives you uh, while also then being able to exploit some of that deeper stuff when you have the right quarterback. But none of these teams, like you mentioned, have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers where he can see the defense and really exploit when he sees an opportunity to throw it deep when they're anticipating some of this stuff where you're trying to take some of that easier, uh, that even that uh, shorter passing game stuff. Um, so to have a mind like this, uh, you know, in control of what they're doing on that system uh, of Matt LaFleur, that's what's gotten us to this point. And they're so bought in, the two of them, LaFleur and Rodgers. They, so, they trust each other so much. Rodgers has more of a hand in the game plan than any quarterback I imagine in football. And you really see it on the field. You just He's so confident in what the what the offense is trying to do. And uh, he's delivering the ball at an insanely high rate playing as well as he's played in his entire career. And you, for, for me, it's, it's plays like the second and 17 against the Rams where he's in his own end zone and he is pressured. He's just moving around the pocket, not even looking at the pass rush. He's just feeling it and taking a step right and a step up and then throws a bullet to Alan Lazard for the first down on a, on a crossing route from the other side of the field. Mind you, he had to stand back for like three and a half seconds with this pressure in his own end zone and delivers a strike for a first down. Jared Goff ain't making that throw. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't making that throw. 2016 Matt Ryan probably isn't making that throw. That is all-time Rodgers stuff. Like we've said so often this season, it's Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks ever, blended with the best offense in football right now. And it is beautiful. And no matter, even if we get behind the sticks, it doesn't matter because we still have Aaron Rodgers under center. Yeah, certainly, and I, you know, he just we saw what he could do in that offense, uh, even off schedule. Like you mentioned, that play in the end zone was just that was sensational. I mean, for him to practically get lost behind these these guys about to swarm him for a safety for over a second, really, and then for him to just you just see the ball fly out of the pocket, uh, you know, with guys collapsing all over him, and and it just falls right into Alan Lazard, covered by Jalen Ramsey. I mean. Wow, just so impressive from him. 
I do want to move, though, Griff, to the defensive side of the ball here, and, and then we'll talk about this Tampa Bay game. Um, we were really able to do a lot of the things we went into that game hoping to do against Jared Goff, although he looked pretty good passing the football, um, especially in the middle of the field on hurry-up offensive stuff like that. Um, I'm just wondering what your you know your biggest takeaway from this game on defense was for you. Well, it was more of the same from what we've seen from this defense. You know, they've played really well, and I think you know given the quarterbacks that we've played as of late the past couple months um you know they've they've really they've done well they haven't given up 20 points is it 20 points i don't think they've given up 20 points in forever have they they have, yeah they've given up i think less than like 18 less than 16 something around that um yeah that's they, nice. they haven't given that up in a while it, you know it's just been really impressive from a from a point standpoint specifically uh, this defense has really shut down opposing teams, and I think it's because they're holding them to a lot of field goals. Oh, yeah. The red zone defense has vastly improved uh, these this last stretch of the season. And, you know, even looking at the quarterbacks like Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, it's coming into the Rams game, I was still afraid of um, of Sean McVay versus Mike Pettin. That's still – I was still afraid that they if they really commit to the ground game and, you know, take advantage of the holes on this defense, they would be able to score a lot of points. Uh, that was in the back of my head because – Jimmy Garoppolo is not that good, and they, the uh, the 49ers scored 37 on us twice last season. So it could definitely happen, but this defense is just playing a lot better. The pass rush has really come on. See, started the season, you know, he was good, but he wasn't at the 2019 level that he that he was last season. Uh, th- he's really, he's almost at that level again. He has been playing really, really well. And then Rashawn Gary, too. Rashawn Gary has really come on. Uh, these past few weeks, especially looking at Tennessee, Chicago, and then this game, he's been a force. He's been in the backfield on a lot of snaps. He's been pressuring the quarterback very often. And our front four really looks like it's finally coming together with Kenny Clark in the middle there too. Yeah, and another guy, Preston Smith, I think has played really good football these last, I would say, six or seven weeks, at least a lot better than, than where he was at earlier in the season. To me, he's you know he's not this guy that's going to disrupt the play on every snap like Zadarius, but he is making plays and he's making big plays. He's creating turnovers. He's you know he's he's getting involved and in, in, against quarterbacks when they're throwing interceptions. He's he's in the mix there, um, and he's and he batted down two passes last game, and he seems to be doing that every week at least one. It's really impressive. I, I I'm I'm impressed with what he's doing. Uh, you know, rebounding from where he was at earlier in the year. Um, and also just as an impact player amongst these other guys who are disrupting the game more, he's kind of just making these splash plays, which is a nice role for him. It's a nice, it's nice to have a guy that he'll, he'll make a big play. You know, he recovered that fumble for a touchdown earlier, uh, just a few games ago. I mean, these, this is a big play player. Uh, he's making more big plays than just about anybody on this team on this defense at this point. Uh, so it's nice to have a guy like him opposite of guys like Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith, who are just going to be in the quarterback's face all game. Well, he's got the longest arms I think I've ever seen. That man, he can, <laughs> uh, if if he reaches up, he's close to like 14 feet tall, I think. I, I Yeah, I would bet. And against, you know, Jared Goff, he's, he's not a small quarterback by any means. I think he's about 6'2". Um, it's impressive to be able to just stick his hand up, his, his bear claw of a hand, 
and, and just smack the ball down and, and just completely eliminate the possibility of a completion. It's impressive, and it's it's big for this defense. Yeah, batting the ball down is always something that's like, it's hard to really scout. It's hard to like invest in at a position along the defensive line, but uh, guys who do it uh, seem to do it pretty often, and Preston's one of those players where he's he's batting a ball down every 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 game, it feels like. But uh, Preston Smith, I don't know. I'm kind, I'm kind of done hoping that he returns to the 2019 form, but you're right. He has been, he has been playing better, much better than he was early on in this season but uh looking elsewhere in in the Packers defense Jair Alexander he gave up negative three yards uh against the Rams when he was in coverage first quarterback or first cornerback since 2006 uh which is when PFF started collecting this data to have given up negative yards in a playoff game so that's pretty impressive he's an all pro he's probably the best corner in football we already knew this but it's great to see him on a national stage still uh shining out just when you thought uh you know he couldn't be any better when he allowed zero catches for zero yards for three weeks in a row earlier in the season. One of them being against Mike Evans, who we'll see this Sunday. Um, just when you thought he couldn't get any better than that, he goes and allows one catch and, and makes a tackle for loss. So there you go. <laughs> negative yards, yeah. I'll take the one catch for negative yards. And no one's better at busting wide receiver screens than Jair Alexander. It's week in, week out, this guy. If you throw a screen at him, he's he's tackling you in the backfield. Just a given. I would stop trying it if I was an opposing offense. One of those he's just going to pick off and take to the house. Oh, I'm waiting for the interception on the screen. I'm waiting for I it. Oh, my God. I'm telling you right now, I'm expecting a, uh, I'm expecting a Jair pick six this week. <laughs> I say that every week. <laughs> every week. <I'm, laughs> uh, this is the week. Uh, I, I, he just doesn't get targeted enough. No, he does. that's true, this, but I think this time he's going to make a splash play. This is something he can add to his game. He needs to start baiting quarterbacks, you know? This, that, that's that what be, Charles Woodson yeah. does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he can get the then he can get the turnovers and people maybe will respect him more. But um actually, let's talk about Tremont Williams a little bit because he was flown on a private jet to Green Bay. Uh, and, and it looks like he's going to return to the Packers, which is a really big move for, for this team, not only because he provides depth, um, he'll be really a really solid backup, whether he plays at safety if a guy like Amos or Savage goes down, because behind them is Vernon Scott and Will Redmond. So you know to have a, an experienced guy like that to potentially play safety in the event of an injury – or to play either, you know, slot corner if Channing goes down. To go, you know, to play on the outside if if Jair or Kevin King goes down. Just to have that kind of player, Tremont Williams, a 37 year old, uh, who's he, he was here when we won the Super Bowl, uh, that in that 2010 year. Um, so to have a guy like that in the building once again is just so valuable. Tremont Williams is one of my favorite Packers of all time. I love that dude to death. And I can't believe he's coming back on the squad. We're, we literally just picked him up. We're going to give you a ring, Tremont. We're going we're to get you that number two. That is uh, that is incredible. I love that guy. I don't even care if he sees the field. Just having him in the locker room. All these guys on defense love Tremont. He is like the uncle of the locker room, for real. He is one of the coolest dudes in the world. And I'm so happy that we're, we're just bringing him back on. Hey, we'll get you another ring. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'd love to see him see the field even too, because uh, you know I saw people on Twitter posing the idea that there's a situation where we could potentially see Will Redmond taken off the field a little bit by having Tremont play safety and having Adrian Amos come in and play that Will Redmond role next to a guy like Chris Barnes or Christian Kirksey or whoever's in that middle linebacker. So 
if, if Will Redmond gets taken off the field a little bit, you can't complain there because that would give us some some true uh, upgrades even this late. You know, obviously we're in the NFC Championship game to continue to be upgrading and adding depth. It shows how much we're really trying to win this thing and how good we feel about our chances because we're preparing for the worst. If a guy goes down, we need to have guys that can step up. And getting Tremont in, in the building here in this juncture of the season is just it's just a, another example. Like like Tavon Austin was and like Jared Valdir and and like Damon Harrison, those guys, these guys that we're bringing in are, are adding to the culture and adding to what we're trying to do here, which is win a Super Bowl. I don't know what Snacks Harrison did to Mike Penton, but he saw three snaps on uh, on Saturday. Why? Why? What does does Penton know that he's on the roster? I don't know. Yeah, very weird. I was expecting much more of, out of snacks, but it seemed like Mike Pettin was having a little bit of trouble navigating the personnel aspect of of what the Rams were doing on offense. And he had you know f- you know five big guys at the line when they were in clear passing situation, and the Rams kept taking advantage of it by running hurry up offense. Um, and I don't know how much that had an impact on what snacks was you know getting snacks in the game uh, to be that you know first down run stopper. Uh, early down guy that's going to get in there in the trenches as opposed to being in there on passing downs. Um, so I'm not sure really what went into that. I, maybe he just needed a little bit more time. And, and, you know, he did play 11 snaps in Chicago that were pretty impressive. To get three here against the Rams, I'm not sure. Nobody's asked anybody. Nobody's asked LaFleur. Nobody's asked Mike Pettin yet. You know, nobody's talked to either of those guys about, about why uh, Snacks didn't play. Only, you know, he didn't play more than three snaps. So uh, we'll have to figure that out. And hopefully we do get him on the field more. Um, but Griff, you know, tell me what you think of that Tremont signing. Well, he played with Mike Penton a lot. He played with him 2018, 2019, and they played together in uh, in Cleveland too when Mike Penton was the head coach. So uh, if Penton thinks he's still got it, I haven't watched Tremont this season. Uh, I, I don't know what he looks like on the field, but if Mike Penton still believes he has it, um, he might see the field. He, he and that would be that would be so that would be that would just make me so happy if he were to get a pick in in these playoffs. That would be that would just be incredible. It never hurts to bring a guy in that we know what he can do, and he's played with this you know with this defense and and with uh, Mike Penton and all and a lot of these players. Uh, it definitely never hurts, of course, and and now you know he's been a guy that we could rely on for so many years and to have him back, like I said, it definitely couldn't hurt. Let's let's move on to the Tampa Bay game. What do you say, Bron? NFC Championship. We're here. We're finally here. Yeah, we're we're here in pole position to get our revenge on the, the Buccaneers for that uh that beatdown they gave us back in week six. Thirty eight to ten was the was the game result. And Hopefully it'll be much different. I can't expect that it'll go that way again, as we already talked about. I believe uh, about the about the uh, the Rogers two interceptions. No way that happens again. But what do you think, Bron? What are you thinking is the key to success? Uh, let's let's start on offense. What do you think this offense needs to do to turn the thing around? Well, I think it's got to protect Aaron Rodgers. Number one, um, I think a lot of the the reason that Rodgers was throwing, you know, not not his best. It wasn't his best game. Obviously, it was actually a poor, his poorest game of the year. Uh, even though that's hard to, you know, it's hard to have a poor game when you're Aaron Rodgers, but that wasn't a good one. Um, so, you know, and I think that a lot of that had to do with the fact, uh, that, you know, he was getting pressured a lot. And like I said, the offensive line was, it had to do a lot of just different puzzle piecing around, um, to move guys in different spots. Rick, Rick Wagner was on the left side. Um, so things were kind of jumbled all over the place. And, 
and that obviously had an impact on on what Aaron Rodgers was trying to do and the offense. So I if 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 we could just now that we know that we have these five guys that we're going to start, um, Lindsley is obviously healthy. Elton Jenkins, of course, has been playing spectacular. Uh, we've got Bill Turner, like I mentioned, playing great football on the left. On the right, you know, right guard, we've got Lucas Patrick, who he did pretty good against Aaron Donald and has been playing better and better as the year has gone on uh, as that starting right guard. And then Rick Wagner, like we talked about on the right side, those five guys in the fold playing at a really high level. If we can just continue that uh, against this, this, this Bucks front, that is very good, but not much better than, you know, if at all, uh, than the one we saw last week with the Rams. So um, if we just do our thing protecting Aaron Rodgers, it should be a completely different game. Uh, in fact, it should be one of those good Packers wins. I cannot imagine that the Buccaneers are going to have the same success blitzing Rodgers specifically as they did back in week six. I mean, that game, they blitzed him 21 times and the offense didn't know what to do about it. They just shut down and they had zero answers. I have to imagine they're going to you know, watch the tape and come up with answers for if Todd Bowles gets blitz happy once again, because Rogers, other than that game, since that game, he's been deadly against the blitz and he hasn't been sacked since that game against the blitz. So I, I just cannot imagine that it's going to go the same way. And, you know, thinking back to that game, what were we talking about coming out of that? Um, Rogers throws the, throws the pick six, first of all, which never happens. And then he throws a pick on the immediate proceed or uh, preceding throw. And uh, it just, it seemed like that entire game. He just wasn't in the right headspace. He was John with Indomitian Sue. When is he ever John with guys on the field like that in a non fun way? It was very weird. And you have to imagine that that game, I mean, in hindsight, it was, we, we can admit that now it was a fluke game from not just Rogers, but the entire team that was not an uh, indictment of what they do on offense. And that's not how they played all season. So you have to imagine things are going to go differently there. And on the offensive side of the ball, you have to, I think you have to play a lot how we played this week where just play our game, execute like we execute and we'll have good results. Just, you know, short passing game has to be a key again because the Bucks defense, they love to play too high, just like the Rams do. And they're not going to give up much deep. So you have to pick them apart, stay patient and run the football well. And even though the, the Bucks are a very, very good run defense, they have very good run defense. And they they might be getting Vita Vea back this week as well, which could be scary, but just play your game on offense and don't get too rattled. Well, with Todd Bowles, let me just say, you know, they had really the most success that they've had all year in that game as a defense. Um, so that's all on tape. All that stuff that they did really well is on tape for Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers to sit there, diagnose, and correct. And I don't see them shying away from any of that stuff because they had so much success. And that's where the advantage for the Packers lies because they're going to be able to they're going to be able to correct their mistakes and be prepared for all that stuff. I don't see Todd Bowles coming out with this completely different game plan when you allow 10 points to a team. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if you agree with that, Griff. I could I could see a scenario where there's some different wrinkles, but they're probably going to stick with the same game plan of blitz heavy and often um, and early as well um, and try to really just do what they did last time. And I think that, that gives the Packers a chance to really, you know, take advantage of that. 
Well, I don't know about that because they didn't go into the game with the the blitzing game plan because they they blitzed us a few times early on and then they saw <laughs> we couldn't block it up and we couldn't handle the blitz so they just kept doing it and they didn't stop and we still didn't have any answers for it. But um but that doesn't I, mean, I, I think, think it, that, that doesn't mean you saw the success they had, you know? So I think the yeah, fact that right, they had right. success they'll probably try if if that wasn't the game plan originally that first game, it certainly is going to be the game plan this time around, I think. Yeah, 100%. I see what you're saying. The Tuggles, I mean, I'm sure that's what the 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 coaching staff is expecting him to do. They're preparing for him to do that, I'm sure, because just how poorly we played against it uh, back in the regular season. So I'm sure they're 100% preparing for that. And we could see that exact game plan because it worked so well, like you're saying, from Todd Bowles. But so if Todd Bowles does come with that same game plan, LaFleur's, I imagine, going to have answers and he's going to have checkdowns everywhere on every play for Rodgers to hit if they do send the blitz and Rodgers there's no one better at reading the field than him I think it's going to have much much different results uh on the offensive side against the blitz but just in general I think they're going to be able to move the ball much better than they were back in week six well yeah I think number one they're going to get the ball out early they're going to try to you know avoid the the number of you know long route runs that we saw in that game especially after the those two picks where it was 14 to 10 they started really trying to throw the ball downfield a lot and Rodgers just wasn't on uh the pass rush started rattling him quite a bit um and he wasn't able to complete a lot of those balls even if guys were open so I I think they're going to really try to get the ball out early and and of course they've had a ton of success doing that um and they're going to run the ball I think heavily I think they're going to really try to run the ball early and often um and I think they'll use the play action off of that, just like we see every week. Uh, but with Vita Vea, you mentioned earlier, I um, I don't expect him to play, honestly. I think I, I doubt he's able to come back. I, I think they're probably just trying to get him some practice reps for a potential, you know, if they were able to win this game. Uh, I would expect him to probably suit up for a Super Bowl, potentially. Um, but, you know, you never know. We could see him play. But uh, either way, I think having Corey Lindsley, you know, in that center, along with Elton Jenkins, I don't expect much issues from that middle of the uh, offensive line. Um, and also, you know, you mentioned Dominic and Sue and, and what he was doing with Rogers. Uh, he did say this week, he said, you know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of conversation, uh, you know, with Dominic and Sue. And I think he realizes, like you mentioned, he doesn't make that mistake of letting guys get in his head. And, and I think that's what happened. You know, he started talking back, you know, it, it wasn't something where he just, you know, guys, guys talk to him a lot of the time, but he usually just shows it with his play um, and, and lets them shut up by, you know, just by seeing what he goes and does. Um, but this time, you know, Nadamig and Sue, longtime rival of Aaron Rodgers, uh, got in his head. And I think he realized that it was probably a mistake to let that happen. And he'll probably just uh, either hope that it doesn't, you know, it won't happen because the Packers are up by a lot or, or, you know, he'll just kind of focus on the game. Yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely gonna go the route of just <laughs> just play well, put up points, and uh, it does it beats any any talking you can do. And uh, he's got to protect his calves as well. We know Sue. We we've we've been down that road before with Ndamukong Sue. Yeah, he's he's one of the league's dirtiest players. We all remember when, like you mentioned, just there, Griff, you alluded to when. Uh, when he was in Detroit and stepped on Aaron Rodgers' calf and, and he used the excuse that his feet were numb and it wasn't even all that cold. Um, <laughs> you know, so that just trying to injure, you know, the greatest quarterback in football. I can't blame him, you know, because they have no shot. Yeah, especially. Was... They had no shot when Aaron Rodgers was, you know, playing. So 
Oh yeah, that was 2014 Rogers. Uh seventh grade me has never been more angry than when Sue did that. I was I hated that man. I really hated that man. I was so <laughs> I was so angry about that. Football after that. Yeah. Um I, I would love to hear Aaron talk about that moment. What is he gonna say about what does he think of Endowment Sue? What does he think of the fact that he literally stepped on his injured calf? The, the, you know, not to mention the fact that they've been jawing for years and he's gone up against him on multiple occasions. And now this game, the stakes are high. And, you know, we saw what happened last time around. And I'm sure right out of the gate, Sue is going to be trying to get in Aaron Rodgers' head. Uh, that's what I expect, at least. That's what, you know, as, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, you know, you have to go in thinking that they're going to try to get in his head early um, and try to they're going to try to do everything they did last time. I mean, everything worked. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the saying. And they're going to really try to repeat what happened last time around. Um, and I think we're, we're going to be prepared for everything they throw at us. You know, I, I just Tampa Bay didn't play great against the Saints, by the way. We didn't even talk about that. I don't think, you know, Tom Brady didn't have a good game. Uh, there was many throws that could have easily been picked off, almost were. Um, and the only reason that they even scored was because Drew Brees was throwing balls right in their hands uh, right in the red zone and, and they'd, they'd fall right into the red zone, excuse me. And, and, uh, that's what would give them points really. So I, I, I expect a strong win. Honestly, I mean, I'm going to say it now. I don't, ex- you know, I've thought about over the week, uh, you know, the more and more I, I dissect this game and, and this team, Tampa Bay, I just don't see a scenario where they win this game, honestly. And I know that sounds crazy after what they did to us in week six, but I just don't see how, this team, unless in another another anomaly occurs where Rodgers throws two picks, you know, guys get injured, the offensive line just falls apart. Um, unless that happens, I'm expecting a win by double digits. Yeah, I think the the weather too. I think the weather is going to play a big factor. Maybe not on Tom Brady being from New England for so many years, but I think that team. You know, it's it's that's not a playoff. This is their first team. This is their first year in the playoffs since 2007. These guys aren't used to the environment as it is coming to Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers and sub 30 conditions, possibly snow. I think that's going to play a big advantage as well, as we saw against the Titans, who were way out of their element uh, back in week 16. I think we could see another another one of those games for uh, the Buccaneers coming into the frozen tundra. Well, yeah, I, I know Brady back in December, you know, he was asked about what it's like, what if he enjoys living in, in the, you know, the warm weather of Tampa and you see him wearing t-shirts and flip-flops and things like that. And, you know, he's obviously comfortable <laughs> in the warm weather. Um, and he said in December, he said, I'm loving the warm weather. You know, I, I never want to live in the Northeast again. Um, and now he's, he's kind of forced to go back and, and not just, you know, not to the Northeast, even just, you know, to the Midwest of Green Bay, the coldest of colds the frozen tundra, potentially snow, you know, it's going to be kind of a shock to all those guys' bodies um, coming from, like we mentioned, just like LA, um, coming from that warm, sunny weather every day and then going into Green Bay where it's going to be sub 30 degrees and like you said, Griff, potentially snowing, uh, the slick field, the Lambeau field, all these factors combined, Green Bay is going to be ready. They were practicing today in about 20 degrees, freezing cold, um, they're going to be ready. And I'm not sure a lot of these guys on Tampa Bay will be. And I think that's 
also advantageous for Green Bay because Bruce Arians, he's going to – he loves running the ball as it is with Fat Lenny and Ronald Jones, who was injured, I, I believe. I think he re-injured his quad or whatever. He's, um, he'll be, he'll be ready. He played, in, he played oh. in, uh, against the Saints, and he'll probably – definitely, he'll, he'll be playing against uh, Green Bay as well. Okay, well, Bruce Arians, he loves running the ball as is. If it's snowing and it's freezing cold, that man is going to do nothing but run the ball, which I think is advantageous for Green Bay because we know we have Devontae Adams. He's better than he's better on the snow than any quarterback cornerback in the entire world. And that's that's true for all offenses because the wide receiver knows where he's going. The cornerback has to follow him. So if you're on a slick surface, it's always going to be advantage wide receiver. And I think we're going to take advantage of that where Bruce Arians on the other sideline is going to be uh, <laughs> running the ball up the middle to Leonard Fournette for two yards every play. Look, I, I mean, Griff, can you find for me a scenario in which uh, you know Tampa Bay can win this football game? I just don't see it. I, I mean, I really don't, especially after what we – you know, week six isn't going to happen again. That game – it. People talk about, you know, it means nothing, you know, throw the tape away. I think it means a lot considering just the fact that Green Bay is going to be ready for their best football because we've seen it, you know, this the same in the same way that, you know, they went and beat the Saints after getting beat down twice, even worse than we were. Um, I Look, I just don't see it. I mean, and, and you know, as soon as that game ended, that, that Saints game ended with, with the Bucs, um, the thought of Brady, he's great, you know, he's playing great football. Um, especially, you know, these last few weeks and the thought of him, you know, against Aaron Rodgers, you know, you get the nerves, you get that, uh, that excitement and you get, you know, cause we know what Tom Brady, the pedigree of, of what he's done. Um, but the more and more I've thought about it and I really looked into this game and, and just thought about all these different things and these factors like the weather, the home field, Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see it, Griff. I'm telling you, I I haven't felt this confident about a game even more than last week, just because of the way that we're playing. I just don't see how Tampa Bay beats us, and this could look bad next week if we go out and lose. But I just don't see it happening. I, I think I pre I respect your confidence, Brown, but I think you're a little. <laughs> I think you, I think you're being a little too uh, little little too confident. Uh, well, of course they can lose. They could lose. I mean, I look mean, at the yeah, team. If Rogers gets if Rogers gets knocked out. You know, then oh they could God. lose. But I don't <laughs> see the way we're playing, Griff. I'm telling you, I'm thinking 10 plus. We're going to win by 10 plus, and that, that could be just me. We'll see what happens. The only way that we don't win this game is if Brady really steps up and throws in the cold against Aaron Rodgers and we get into some kind of shootout um, where the defense falls apart. I could see that maybe and- as a possibility, but I, I think I just think our offensive firepower is going to be too much this time around. Okay, that is entirely possible. The shootout and our defense falling apart, that could totally happen. Just because the freaking Bucks, they have so much talent, dude. They have Tom Brady, Antonio Brown is uh, back back in the fold. He's actually a weapon for them. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, they have a loaded offense. It, they're only hold, held back by their coach most of the time and by, you know, chemistry issues or whatever it may be uh, during the season. But they could totally, if they come into this game ready to score some points, I could see that happening. I think our offense is going to be able to score more points, but I think it's going to be a closer game than you think. Um, uh, I think we're going to come out on the winning side of it, but I think it's going to be a, a real nail-biter down to the end. It certainly could be. Look, this is Tom Brady we're talking about. This is six-time Super Bowl champion. Um, so, you know, I am confident about this game, but it doesn't mean that, you know, like you said, Griff, they've got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um and, and you know, of course, you've been Gronk. 
Gronk even. Oh my goodness, he's been you know he's been playing pretty well, um, and he did play really well against us. It's going to be hard to stop them on offense, definitely. But I think honestly, I think our offense is going to play better defense than we'll even need, just because we're going to score. I think early and often. I, I'm telling you, I I don't know. I just have a strong feeling about it, and and that's it's so weird because you know they beat us by so much in week six. Um, but I just don't think Aaron, you know, if Aaron Rodgers turns the ball over, which I don't think is going to happen, then that's where it could become a close game. But if we execute, I say this every week and it still rings true today. If we execute and play at our highest level, and it doesn't even have to be our highest level, but if we do everything we need to do as an offense, nobody's beating us, Griffin, you know this. Yeah, well, I I agree with you there. <laughs> I agree that our offense is amazing and they it's it's every at every level we have the smart so- coaching staff they utilize all four downs we hardly ever punt we hardly ever kick field goals in the red zone on fourth and short it th- which is the complete opposite of the buccaneers by the way they are stuck in 2007 from that uh from that perspective uh we have an mvp quarterback the best receiver in football a great running back trio uh in the backfield and we have uh, a good supporting cast a wide receiver i'd say and then bobby tanyan too it, we have a great offense i'm not denying that they are incredible but i think that if the bucks come into the game uh smartly and they they want to put points on the board i think they're going to be able to and i think it's going to be an, a really a really good game i think it's going to be a really good game for the casual viewer not for me i'm going to be losing my mind most likely but I think it's going to be a, a lot closer than you do, it seems. Look, yeah, Tampa Bay has some some of the best players in football, and, and we talked about how good their offense could be. Um, their offensive line, you know, they have a, a young guy, uh, Stinney, at right guard for Alex Kappa, um, you know, which has been, you know, with, that, with Ryan Jensen in there at center, who's not a great player, um, and then now Stinney in there on the, on the right side, that could be kind of a hole to exploit in the offensive line. Uh, for our defense as well. Um, they, if we can pressure Tom Brady, we kind of are able to negate some of the things that he's able to do because, you know, against the pressure, he hasn't been great. He's been one of the, one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure. You know, he's got a 44% completion percentage. Uh, he's got four touchdowns and five interceptions under pressure, 5.2 yards per attempt, and a 54.5 rating out of 158.3. So um, he's, you know, he hasn't been great uh, against pressure. And if we're able to do that, Easier said than done, obviously, with his ability to step inside and outside the pocket. But if we're able to do that, uh, I'll be, you know, even more confident that we're going to be able to get this win. Yeah, and looking at the just the depth chart, it feels like we're one of the teams that are going to be able to to pressure Brady with the front four. I um, it's always a risk blitzing Tom Brady because it's like you have a chance that you're going to create pressure, create pressure quickly but you're also leaving up a wide open receiver most of the time. So one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a big risk, but we have a front four that is probably going to be able to create pressure, even without a blitz with Z Rashawn, uh, maybe some Preston and Kenny Clark in the middle. Um, that's, they're going to have to come to play. They're going to have to be able to disrupt the pocket, make Brady uncomfortable, because like you said, it's this hasn't been a secret. All season, everyone's been talking about Brady's performance under pressure. It hasn't been good. So you got to pressure the man. You have to make sure that he doesn't have all day to sit back in the pocket and pick you apart, because that's exactly what happened week six. Week six, Mike Patton, that was one of his worst games. We were coming out of that game talking about firing Mike Patton. Um, 
there, no pressure created. He hardly blitzed. Uh, the coverage was bad everywhere. And Preston Smith was playing a lot in coverage. It was just not a good game. So hopefully, if I'm Mike Pettin, I'm I'm just gonna try my best to get creative along the defensive line to create as much pressure as possible. If that's not working, I'm gonna start blitzing because you gotta get you gotta pressure the man somehow. You can't just let him sit there and pick you apart. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, number one, I think Tom Brady has been probably just statistically at least one of the uh, one of the worst quarterbacks this year uh, against the blitz and against under you know just under pressure in general. Um, and on the other side of it, you know, we saw how Rodgers was really flustered and and just didn't play well under pressure when you know against against the Bucks in Week Six. But other than that game, and even including that game, he's still been probably the best quarterback against pressure in football this year. And, um, you know, if we, there's just so many things that went wrong in that game. We started off well, you know, it went how I thought it would go. Um, you know, back in that week six, we went up 10, nothing. And then those two picks just demoralized us. I mean, you go from 10, nothing with the ball to down 14, 10. It's not, I mean, if we just start the same or even, you know, we don't even have to play as well to start, but we just, you know, you take away those two picks as silly as that sounds. Rogers just won't do that again. If we just, you know, if we go up 10 nothing and have the ball, this time it's not going to be that close. I just, it's going to be one of those games that we come out and win big. There's a lot of ways where we can win this game. That's the, that's the thing. We're going to be prepared for their best stuff. I, I just, you know, I, I just don't see it, Griff. I mean, look, Tom Brady could play really well and shock us. I'd be shocked if we lost this game. Um, but you have to give credit to what Tom Brady can do if we're not getting pressure. If if the if the offense isn't playing well, if we're dropping passes, if Rodgers has a bad game, that's where we fall into the recipe of what happened week six. The only way we lose is if what happens week six happens again. If you ask me. Yeah, yeah. I, or I could also see a yes something very dramatic and very painful as a Packers fan in in overtime or whatever. I I could see an offensive shootout um, uh, going down, but I think what's more likely is wins that we've seen all season from this Packers team like we saw on Saturday where we score points the defense plays well enough and then we score more points and we close it out and we win and then we're going to the Super Bowl that's a winning formula for Green Bay and it's one that they use uh very often now if it does become a shootout that would get well really entertaining first of all it's Rodgers Brady NFC Championship game shootout that would be phenomenal and I think we have the horses on offense to to win that kind of game. I mean, we haven't really seen this offense this season playing from behind a whole lot, other than that Bucks game which we lost. But um, I, I think I think we're going to be able to score a lot of points because we we are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. We have the best offense in the league, and if the game is on Rogers' shoulders with an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, I think he's going to come out in the clutch. But on defense, that's where it gets really scary. Like we've discussed, uh, we have Jair Alexander who can take away a receiver like that. But elsewhere, Kevin King, he could be exploited. Chandon Sullivan, he could be exploited. Uh, and then the linebackers, they could be exploited over the middle, matched up with uh, Rob, Rob Gronkowski. So that could get pretty scary. But in a shootout, I still do like our chances. Yeah, I mean, well, with um, you know, with a potential shootout, it, it's going to come to the fact that they're going to, you know, they'll end up scoring, you know. And if that happens, if they're scoring at the same pace as us. I look, I, you know, I talk about how we're going to win by a lot. That's only because I think our offense is going to be overpowering and our defense is going to get just as, just enough stops um, to really uh, get the job done. But 
you know, I, I haven't seen anything special from this Tampa Bay offense, especially last week against a pretty good Saints defense. Uh, like I mentioned, they only scored off turnovers, uh, you know, touchdowns, and, and they didn't do anything special. Tom Brady didn't play great. Um, so if Jair plays well, like we know he will, he'll take away one, you know, he'll take away a side of the field. And if the safeties play better than they did in that, in that Bucks game, which they've been doing all year, that'll help, you know, I think Amos against, uh, against Gronk is probably going to be the the matchup. And I, and I, I like our chances there. I don't think that's going to be as lopsided as it was in week six, Darnell Savage, you know, he'll be involved in covering some guys as well, especially guys that are running more deeper routes. And then, you know, like you said, I think Kevin King is the guy that we're probably going to have to worry about most, along with Chandon Sullivan, because, you know, whoever's in the slot, whether it's Scotty Miller or even, you know, if Antonio Brown moves from the outside to uh, to the inside, you know, Chandon Sullivan is probably going to be a bit of a mismatch uh, for whoever the Bucks line up there. And and Kevin King, you know, sometimes he just he has a just a flat out bad game. So, um, you know, that could happen. Definitely. I mean, you're only as good as your, your worst player. And if Kevin King proves to be a hindrance for us on defense or, or whether it's even the linebackers in the middle, you know, whoever it is, that, that could be a problem if, if the Bucks are able to keep exploiting something. Yeah. And this defense, I, I think they've become much more stable than they were back in, early on in the season, about the first half of the season. I think they've, they've obviously uh, been playing much better, whether it be the safeties, they have vastly improved both Amos and Savage. They're, they're playing out of their minds right now, which they really weren't early on in the season. And then, you know, come on, Martin wasn't on the field yet. Uh, Montrevious Adams was seeing a lot of snaps along the defensive line. It was just, it's it's kind of a different defense, and it looks like they're more in, in, in a groove right now, playing well week in and week out. Granted, we've been playing Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, who's, you know, good, but he's not Tom Brady. I don't know if we've played a quarterback as good as Brady this season. <laughs> I mean, other than Brady. Uh I don't know since then if we played anyone quite at that level. And, you know, that's always scary, a good quarterback going up against Mike Patton. No well, one to take this. If you... I mean, they've played, they've played Drew Brees. You know, they played Taylor Heineke. You know, Matt Stafford, good quarterback. They played Matt Ryan, good quarterback. Kirk Cousins, decent. Um, you know, I mean, like, they haven't played these, like, you know, we've played quarterbacks. They've played not great quarterbacks. You know, this will be the best quarterback they faced all year, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I'm saying in terms of our defense because they played so well, but granted, they also have not played the best quarterbacks in the world. Just no, a yeah, little uh right. I mean, yeah, it's it's certainly a factor, of course. This is, you know, Tom Brady uh has played, you know, a top 5 quarterback season. This is one of his better seasons in a while. Um so yeah, of course, this is going to be, you know, one of the better quarterbacks Green Bay has faced all year and the same thing goes for for the Buccaneers. Um, you know, I look, our offense against their defense is really going to be important because we saw what their defense did to us last time around. Um, but I just don't think those Bucks corners are, are all that great. You know, they've got Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, um, Murphy Bunting over there. Um, but I, you know, I think Rodgers can handle those guys. I think he's going to find ways, especially Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae will find ways to exploit him. I'm sure they'll put Davis on him for a large majority of the game. And I think Devontae will have no problem really with that matchup. We saw that, you know, he, he did a great job against Jalen Ramsey, one of the better corners in the league. So I look, I just don't see it. Like, Griff, unless unless we fall apart again, you know, Devontae's gonna get back. He's healthy now, you know. I just I think that we're gonna do a lot better on offense than we did last time around. And I'm expecting to score thirty like we have been most weeks. 
Yeah, give me a score prediction, Brown. What do you think in this game? Uh, this game on the scoreboard looks like at the end of regulation. Well, last week I predicted twenty nine to sixteen, and it ended up being a game similar to that, uh, thirty two to eighteen, five points off. I'm gonna do something a little bit similar, but probably more points for the Buccaneers. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll say thirty four, twenty four. That's what I'm going. I'm I'm gonna give the Bucks twenty four points because I'm gonna give them credit for what they've got weapons wise, and of course Tom Brady. Um, that's more points than other teams have scored on us for you know for a large majority of this season. Not many teams have put up you know more than twenty on us, especially later uh, in the year. So, you know, to have them at 24 and then give us 34, I think that's pretty, you know, I, I'm expecting that to be around the score. And I, I think that we're going to win this game pretty comfortably. I'm going to go a bit of a, a bit of a closer game. We're going to, I'm going to go 33-30, you know, late four, fourth quarter field goal puts us over the top, maybe a fourth quarter touchdown. Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be a really good game. And hopefully after that, they'll be punching their tickets for the Super Bowl. That's exciting, man. That's really exciting. We're here. We're here. The Price NFC Championship. Yep. <laughs> On the doorstep once again, as we've been so often this past seven, eight years. To finally get one of these at home, like Aaron Rodgers has talked about for so long, um, it's exciting. I mean, this is the first time where, like you said, Griff, we have a, we're favored in this game. You know, it feels like we've had to really overcome a lot of things to win these NFC Championship games. And, of course, we won the one against Chicago. Um, but in 2010 um, but this game it feels like we're destined to get there finally you know as opposed to trying to overcome all the odds uh, and I just think if we if we execute we'll have a great chance to do it and get back to the Super Bowl and and then we'll deal with you know whether it's the Bills or the Chiefs you know that's either of those games would be fantastic um, so just you know I can't wait for this game um, and I can't wait you know it would just be great to, to feel, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Everybody wants to win him a Super Bowl. Uh, you saw Kevin King post on Instagram. You know, he he took a video of Rodgers and said, "We got to get this man a Super Bowl. He's the MVP." Just exciting. I mean, I you know, like you mentioned, no better time than now to be a Packer fan. It just feels amazing, and um, just to get back to the Super Bowl would just be truly, truly exciting. Yeah, man, this is like it's every every year we're in the Super Bowl conversation late into the year. It's like there's always another team in the NFC that just well, they're Green Bay's not on their level, but they're in the conversation for a Super Bowl. This year it's it's us. We're the we're the top dog in the NFC. So it, I, this has got to be the year. This has got to be the year. And I'm trying not to take it for granted as a Packer fan. I'm trying to you know appreciate this as much as I can because. Uh, it's, it, this is a really special team, I think. I think this is really, really special what they're doing. And they're playing at the top of their level in January when they need to be. And it's it's very, very exciting. But that's going to do it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm already nervous. I've been nervous since since Saturday for this game coming up. So Me too. let's hope they can do it. Let's pray, man. This is the year. This has got to be the year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, yep. I've been nervous since, since the, uh, you know, since that clock went to zero and we knew Brady was coming to Lambeau. That's, you know, that's scary because we know what he's done. The pedigree of excellence that he has set for really the NFL. And that's why he's the most accomplished quarterback we've ever seen. Um, it's scary to have that guy, you know, in our way, standing in our way, you know, to get to the Super Bowl. But like I said, I'm pretty confident. Hopefully that doesn't, you know, come back to bite us. But I, I feel like we're going to win this game. And, you know, hopefully hopefully that comes true. 
I hope it does, because God, thinking about it too much gets me uh, gets me all worked up. So I'm hoping we win. Praying to God, praying to God, if we're able to squeak this thing out, finally win an NFC Championship game, because it's been so elusive that NFC Championship game uh, for the Packers. But hopefully, this is the year. It's at Lambeau Field, and I'm gonna shut up here. That's gonna do it for the pod. Check back next Thursday. We'll be back. Win or lose, we'll be we'll be back to talk about the game, and hopefully. We'll be previewing this Super Bowl. Uh, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe, like the videos, share it. You know, you know what to do. Thanks for listening. Go Pack Go. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, baby.